0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
1: So if you want to read what Jordan Tutu had to say about the Edmonton Eskimos name, I have retweeted his tweet through my account. R E I D W I L K I N S really appreciate the ongoing discussion about the Eskimos name that we heard from all of you in the first half of the show. And uh, I'm sure it's a topic that's going to pop up again All right, I said I'd run down some stuff from the National Hockey League. Now, Bob McKenzie, uh, Elliot Friedman, Frank Cervelli have been tweeting out a variety of details. The players are voting on the return-to-play protocol and extending the CBA. We may not have anything announced officially, officially until Friday. Bob McKenzie tweeted that it's not for sure that Edmonton would be the host of the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. He wrote that that would perhaps be decided at a later date. Uh, July 24th, teams travel to the Hub cities. possible exhibition games on the 25th, I would assume starting on the 25th because you couldn't have everybody playing one day. July 30th is now the reported start of the qualifying round, not August 1st. August 9th for the first round, 23rd for the second round, conference finals on September 6th, Stanley Cup final to start September 2nd, and it would end on October, uh, pardon me, September 20th. It would end on October 2nd at the latest. The draft would be October 6th. Training camps for next year would be on November 17th, and next season would start December 1st. Do you have all that? I hope so. There will be a test at the end of the show. I should start doing that. I should post tests on Twitter and give out free canned hams for people who get the best marks. So here's here, it's gonna. I mean, life is different for a lot of us right now, anyway. But let's say you're a, you're a, an individual who works really early in the morning, and maybe maybe you host a radio show that goes till nine a.m. and then you do a little bit of work after, and and then you sort of wind down. Think of this person's life. They they, they could get home for ten a.m. and in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. You got a game at ten A. M. noon, two PM, four PM, six PM and eight PM. You go to bed at midnight, you sleep for about an hour and a half, and then you get up and you start it all over again. That is the potential lifestyle of my good friend Shea Gannum as we look ahead to the return of the National Hockey League. That sounds really glamorous, Shay. Like you're shaping up for that, right? Oh, absolutely. Doesn't that sound awesome? I can't wait that that you, you could know how my I, I I should ask you this because I uh when I worked at City TV and that's where I first met, met Jessbo yeah. for about 9 or 10 months I worked from 3:30 a.m. till 12:30 p.m. Right. and it was uh horrific like I felt tired and disoriented all the time how how are you you're are you better at it do you just deal with it what's your schedule
0: yeah i have uh it's we're doing this september it'll be 22 years Oh. My alarm, my alarm has gone off at three fifteen, so I it, it's it's become normal for me now. Um, I've got a routine and I've got a pattern that I've slid into over the last. 50, but uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, it took five, six, seven, eight years before you finally sort of just get into something that works because it's it's totally abnormal. You're never on the same schedule as everybody else. It's a bizarre way to live. But I'm so used to it now that uh, it, it's it's pretty doable for me. I, I don't get too messed up. Occasionally, I'll have to stay up late for hockey or whatever the case may be, and it doesn't mess me up that bad. So I've slid into it. It's become my normal because it's been so long now.
1: So do you nap or do you try to sleep for
0: like six to eight hours straight and get up at no. 3.15? No, I nap every single day. As soon as I get okay. home from work, usually for a couple of hours and then... You know, I'll go to bed 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night and sleep for five hours or so and then have a two-hour nap during the day at some point. And uh, that seems to get me through.
1: I didn't realize it was 22. Like, I knew you did morning television for a, a while, but I guess that's one of those things when
0: <laughs> you just forget how like, 22 long- years. Jeez. September of 1998, I did my first show over there yeah, in the morning news. So, yeah, I've been doing this shift for uh, longer than I – well, none. I'd like to say longer than I haven't, but not quite that long, but pretty close. It's been It's been the way I've lived for a long, long time now.
1: Well, the show is sounding great. You and Chelsea—I uh, know she's off this week—but yeah. you guys are doing an awesome job and, and rolling with it because you you have that uh, unique, um, you know, situation right now where you have to chat and feed off each other, but you can't see each other, so you don't have the body language and the little head nods and all that.
0: Yeah, it is weird. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, the show, we always wanted to have sort of a group team feel with me and Chelsea and Morley and Dustin and everybody who's in there. But right now, there's nobody in there. So it, it's like you say, it, it's it's a little tricky to bring um, Morley in sometimes because he's got a bit of a delay and Chelsea's in a different place. And But, you know, I mean, it's been like that for about four months now. So I think we're getting used to it. But we just keep talking about what's it going to be like when we're all back in the same room? How smooth and easy and effortless that's going to be you know it's just like sitting down and having a chat well
1: morley will find a way to make it difficult yeah, morley always you know morley. <laughs> hey uh it's it's good to have you on the show i mean we've we've obviously uh well we we, we chat uh, occasionally in our personal lives but you've come on the show a few times and i, and I go on yours from time to time yeah. and you're a huge uh you're a huge hockey fan and yeah. well that well that one night we talked about everything that was getting called off because because of minor hockey do you know what's happening minor hockey wise into the fall here yet
0: well, they sent out Alberta Hockey, set out their return to hockey plan uh, last week. It was June 30th, so a little more than a week ago now. and um, it's They've got a lot of frameworks in place, but a lot of it still remains to be seen. They had to get stuff in place in terms of summer hockey camps so they've got all kinds of rules in place for that and if you're going to a hockey summer camp all the rules and regulations are listed on the website on what to do with your kid how to get them there they have to be fully dressed when to get to the rink all that sort of stuff and who's operating the camps the rules they have to follow and stuff like that but then they've got it in three phases that's the first phase which they call off season then they have like pre-season which i guess would be your evaluations or your training camps or whatever and then regular season and those two the last two Uh, typically wouldn't start till late August, early September. And they say they're waiting for further guidance from Alberta Health because we don't know because the plan they have now is this cohort thing. Mm -hmm. So 50 players can sort of group together and stay together, which is fine if you're not bringing other kids in and out. But once you get into league play with 10 teams with 15 to 20 kids on each team, it's not going to work. So they don't want to put the leagues together yet until they know, are we still going to be limited to that cohort setup, or can we go right into phase three or stage three of the provincial relaunch, and and it's exactly like it was last year?
1: like how do you how are minor i mean i'm we we talk to other adults about minor hockey i I probably should talk to some actual minor hockey players more than i do i mean they're the ones who are lost part of their season and maybe don't get to see their friends like what's your sense of how you know kids are handling some of this with sports
0: they they were were pretty upset like I, i was telling you when we our season ended we were right in the middle of playoffs and um before we went out on the ice on the Thursday night, I got an email from Hockey operator saying, this is the last date for minor hockey. It's done after tonight. We won, and we were supposed to play in the semis on Saturday, but it was it. The season was over, and it was done. And uh, I, I coached my son all through, and uh, he's entering his third year of midget next year, his last year of hockey, along with probably... I don't know, seven or eight of these boys that I've coached for, you know, five, six, seven years. I know these guys really, really well. And, you know, they love hockey. It's just they're all playing, you know, it's not high-level hockey or anything like that, but they love it. They love being in the room and hanging out with the guys. They become really good friends on and off the ice. And the last year means a lot to them. So there's a lot riding on it for a lot of these kids. uh, For them to lose their last year of eligibility would be just, it would be heartbreaking. So um they're really watching closely and then you know fingers crossed that we'll get we'll get to do something this year anyway but yeah i think it means a lot to the kids hockey is, is life for a lot of these guys right even if they're not the high level players and stuff like that it's it's the most important part of of their lives during the winter months and they they, they look forward to it and it, it's a real highlight so the pressure's on they feel it and i'm sure hockey alberta does too
1: yeah yeah i hope everything can be rolling and, and hockey's uh being a hockey fan is a big part of your life i want to talk orders with you but i want to throw kind of a more general sports world question with you because i know you'll have uh, an opinion on it because you you've you follow you follow everything like what struck you what's really stuck with you so far is it baseball trying to do this is it you know how hockey and basketball have tried to have hubs I and mean, locally maybe it's the u of a pulling the pin on the season and saying we're not like what what's really sort of jarred you about this story-wise from the sports world so far
0: i think the the, the thing that's really blown me away is um baseball and all the problems that they had trying to get it done i just uh, you know I, I just i understand the money is important and it's, a, and it's a big part of it and everything like that but they just seem to be at odds for so long. I'm glad they're they're finally moving towards it now. Uh, in terms of hockey, I think they've handled it really well. I think they've taken the right approach. Uh, the whole you know isolation concept and everything, and getting people out of the U.S. because uh, that's just a that's a tire fire down there right now. I wouldn't want to be in the U.S. Um, so getting all the players up into Canada makes uh, makes really good sense. Um, the one story that is sort of bothering me more than any other one I think is the CFL. I think um, they're at risk of losing this season and I would hate to see that. I love the CFL. I I, born and raised in Edmonton. I've been an Eskimos fan all my life Um, and I love going to the games and I know a lot of people do. So I really hope they can figure out something there. But that league is so different because it's almost entirely gate-driven, right? They Mm. don't have the big TV deal. They need butts in the seats. So that one is the one that sort of has me feeling the uneasiest because that would be a big hit for a league that just barely gets by.
1: Yeah, and, you know, WHL, AJHL, I've, I've talked to uh, representatives from those leagues, and, and they they need fans, right, even if they can yeah. get half the people into a hockey right. rink in October or November.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, without them, uh, they don't have the big TV deals and the marketing and the endorsements and all the rest of that or the merchandising and all that sort of stuff. They have some of that, but, you know, it pales in comparison to the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and then NFL. I mean, that, that's just another entity altogether well
1: (laughs) like i said to bob a few weeks ago like we talk in the north america about the big four and i said to bob i'm not even sure if that's accurate like there's like the gigantic one and then there's the fairly big three like the nfl is on another level
0: they're they're a league of their own there's no two ways about it they don't have any of the concerns that any of their leagues have i mean just the money that they generate handing out 500 million dollars to a guy to play football for 10 years and stuff i mean it's it's just those numbers are insane reed half a billion dollars
1: well and that's and i said this a few weeks ago uh, whenever like early in the pandemic that's when brady changed teams Yep. And now Mahomes, and, th- and those were big stories, but I feel like if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic with so much shut down, Brady changing teams and Mahomes' contract would probably be even bigger stories than they have been. It's just there's so <laughs> much totally other stuff to right. talk about.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they're just incredible deals. Probably those would be two of the biggest names in the NFL right now, I would think, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, when you start talking about billions of dollars in sports contracts, I mean, the mind just boggles. It's unbelievable. It really is.
1: Jake Adam joining us on Inside Sports. Okay. Uh, the Oilers, I mean, a lot of the guys are skating at Rogers Place. We expect. I guess I still have to say expect until everything is kind of yeah. rolled out, but uh, the training camp to start Monday. I mean, you you follow the team as close as everybody. You and I talk about the team. Uh, you know, such a long break in between uh, the end of the season and now the qualifying round. Uh, concerns, optimism for that series against Chicago and potentially beyond.
0: I, 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 the Chicago one... You know, Chicago's still got some guys that can sting him, but they've still they've got a lot of holes, too. I don't think they're the team they were that long ago. The question that I have is this big, long layoff and then jumping right back into the most intense hockey of the season. Does that benefit a young guy or an old guy? And being an old guy, I think it would be better for the young guys. I think it would be – I think I, I can't imagine having to get back up to speed if you're you know, Zdeno Chara or even Patrice Bergeron or – you know, some of these guys who've been around a little bit longer, I think, takes a little bit longer to get back into shape and get up to speed than it would for some of these younger guys. So, I think the Oilers might be in good shape there.
1: Well, Nugent Hopkins, even though the Oilers are deeper than they have been in recent years, Drysaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and McDavid still play a ton. So, in Cleftbaum still plays a ton, right? So, having a little bit of a break, I think a Cleftbaum shoulder yeah. that that can't hurt.
0: No, I don't think it can hurt. The question I have with the Oilers is goaltending. And both those guys can be very good, but they can both have off nights, right? And you know how it is when it comes to playoffs. It's defense and goal thing that usually wins championships. So do they have what they need in nets to go deep?
1: Yeah, and could Crawford steal a five-game series? Because he actually was doing okay for the Hawks later on in the year. Yeah,
0: and he's been there before, and he's done it before. So uh, experience counts for a lot, I think, in the playoffs. So um, I don't know. I think the West is almost pretty much wide open. Um, I, I wouldn't discount just about anybody in there if they get hot, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, why not? Why not the orders? I don't see any reason why not. They don't have any glaring holes like they have years past.
1: Yeah, that's, that's that, that, yeah. And if the and if the PK is anywhere near it was, oh, then yeah. they got a shot. They got a shot for sure. Yeah. Hey, what's on your
0: what's on your show tomorrow? Oh, geez, you're gonna ask me that? Um, you know, well, you know what we're talking to tomorrow? Have you? Do you, have you repped or coached or anything like that ever in your life?
1: Uh, not, no. Like a long time ago, I did a little bit of volleyball reffing,
0: but not for very long. A long time ago, you probably used a Fox 40 whistle. If you go to buy okay. a whistle as a ref <laughs> or as an official, you use a Fox 40. And I had no idea, but the guy who created it is from Hamilton. And the backstory on this guy is unbelievable. He's Canada's only ever official in the NCAA. He repped Michael Jordan's first game when he was at North Carolina. No way. (laughs) He's refed international basketball games around the world, and he was making a call in the final at the Pan Am Games one year, and it went to blow his whistle, and it didn't work. And he missed the call, and he blew it. So he invented a new whistle, and now it's the industry standard. So we're going to talk to him tomorrow morning. I think it should be pretty interesting. Oh, that's awesome.
1: I get a list of that. That's sweet.
0: He's in Hamilton. It's a great story. So we're going to chat with him tomorrow and find out what the deal is with that. And then, you know, all the newsy stuff. We have to do the newsy stuff. You're lucky. You don't have to do all the newsy stuff.
1: Well, first hour was pretty newsy today. <laughs> well, yeah. It, it creeps into the world of sports once in a while, yeah, doesn't it? It's okay, though. It's okay. Shay, <laughs> thanks for checking in. We'll do this again soon, man. Have a pleasant evening. Always appreciate it.
0: Anytime. Always fun. Thanks, Reid.
1: That is Shea Gannam from 6.30 Shed Mornings. Chelsea Bird, Shea Gannam. Chelsea is on holidays this week. Man, I got to hear that. I think I've heard about that whistle before, but that that sounds pretty cool. 780-496-0063. We're back after the break. a tweet from a local gentleman named Trevor Harris last night, not the quarterback. Somebody posted one of those uh, lists online of 50 movies and it was uh, the 50 movies the most number of IMDb user, has the most number of IMDb user votes the 50 most common movies people have seen. How many of the 50 have you seen? Now usually I don't reply to some of these tweets or wouldn't get involved but since it was movies and i proudly used to work at blockbuster video i decided to chime in on this kellen of the 50 mm. and and uh, we we had a gentleman guess it right because i i jokingly put hey uh if you can guess which is the one i haven't seen you get a canned ham autograph by David morley the only one i had not seen on this list was shutter island i haven't seen it either uh that was the 32nd one on the list mm. there are things like like uh, Wally's on there I have seen Wally find like some of the, the more kids movies people thought I wouldn't have seen but I have seen Wally I've seen Finding Nemo uh, I have seen The Lion King though I certainly don't remember it and it doesn't resonate with like I there are some younger people that I know in their 20s that for them The Lion King is like Star Wars was for me that I you know first movie they saw in a theater and they know right. all the lines what are those little creatures called Timon and Pumbaa Pumba yeah. and Timon which is it yeah, Timon was the meerkat and Pumbaa was the warthog. Oh, interesting. There you a you Meerkat, eh? Are they a popular animal? Uh he was comic relief in
0: the movie.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were for, comic for a children's
0: relief. movie. It was very dramatic.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Didn't the father die or something like that? Like, wasn't there some sort of I don't like somebody got killed? Yeah, or... it was
0: like a reverse Bambi thing, where like in Bambi the mo- the mother dies and Bambi has has to g- grow up without a mother. Now it's a in lion king it's a reverse thing right so is that the one uh jeremy irons was the bad guy that's it yeah jeremy irons Matthew that's broderick
1: it. see i know who is i i but again I, I i don't really remember much about the movie oh maybe i remember more than i, I thought i did okay we'll take a long drink of bagged milk next
0: Nugent Hopkins, dry himself Back to Nugent Hopkins. Shots a rebound, score. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has put Edmonton right back in the game. A second look at Corey Crawford and Nugent Hopkins, just his second goal
2: ever in this building. He stays hot. The Nuge
1: Scoring against Chicago. Maybe that'll happen in a few weeks. Now, why would we single out the Nuge? for a highlight well maybe because one of the biggest if not the biggest Nugent Hopkins supporters dare I say lovers in all of oil country in all of Oilers Nation is currently on the line from OilersNation.com it is my buddy Bag Milk. Baggo how are you doing? Doing well Wilkie happy to be here. I'm happy to have you on the show again and of course we had to pick a Nuge goal if absence makes the heart grow fonder, you must love Nuge more than ever right now.
2: Listen, it's been 118 days since I last saw Nuge do his thing, and to hear him score a goal against Chicago, which, you know, knock on wood, we're going to see them go up against him in a few weeks here, it just it warms my heart, you know? He's my boy. <laughs> he's
1: he uh he is your boy i got to interview him uh i don't even know when it was maybe a month ago i've lost all sense of time uh he uh he gave a little chuckle when i referenced the keep nuge forever shirts uh when i asked him about his connection to the city of edmonton so he's he's worn them and is do you guys still produce those shirts
2: not only do we still produce them they are one of our consistently top sellers people love them and we got him to wear one at his own wedding. There are which photos, is pretty... out, there are photos of out, out there of the boys. I know Clefbaum was there, Cara, Matt Benning, uh, Justin Schultz. They're all wearing Keep Nuge Forever shirts, and why shouldn't they?
1: He's a saint. Why shouldn't they indeed? I think most people do want to keep Nuge forever, which uh, which is good. Important member of the team for sure. Nice to catch up with you. It's uh, It's been a strange time. For uh, many people, and uh, I assume a strange time for those of you who run a website focused on (laughs) the Edmonton Oilers, Uh, it's always a little easier to have content when there are games being played. How have things been at Oilers Nation?
2: Uh, You didn't bring me on here for my uh, political prowess? Not yet. (laughs) Uh, Okay. No, it's... uh yeah to answer the question it's been insanely difficult like I said the last game was you know the NHL shut down on March 12th and I just remember us having a conference call that morning after the announcement was made official because of COVID-19 the NHL was indefinitely suspending the season and we just kind of looked at each other on the Zoom call and thought oh boy what do we do now and it's been challenging it's been really challenging to come up with content but I'm really proud of our team. Every day we've got stuff going up. Today, I mean, le- today we've got six or seven items up. So what we did in those months is we took a look into player reviews. That's an easy thing to do. Um, you know, the Oilers did play the bulk of their season, so we got to look at how that went for everybody. Uh, we looked ahead at what's to come. Uh, we we talked about Nugent Hopkins. The 2020-2021 season is going to be the last year of his contract, so We try to figure out how the math on all that stuff works. And then also... We dug into Edmonton Oilers' history because there is a lot going on. Almost every day there's something significant that happened in Oilers' history, like even today. Today, July 8th marks 25 years since Edmonton held Mm -hmm. the draft, and fans famously chanted Shane Doan's name when they went with Steve Kelly. So every day it seems like, there's something to talk about. There's something to write about. And other than that, we just have to get creative and have fun and give people a little bit of break from the endless news cycle that has been the last few months.
1: You know, I used to rent Steve Kelly videos at Blockbuster Heritage.
2: Well, I heard you bragging about working at Blockbuster. And as, as <laughs> You hit 49 of 50 videos on that IMDb list, and I think that I was around 40. Like, there there's some heavy hitters that I missed on their read. So, yeah, I heard you bragging about your time at Blockbuster.
1: Yeah, uh, Steve Kelly used to come in. Uh, Bob Essenza used to come in. Cavis uh, Reed used to go to Blockbuster Collingwood when I was there. He, he would always rent the latest NCAA football game from EA Sports. So definitely, uh, I'm trying to think who else. Definitely, I think there were a couple other Oilers. Not didn't hugely once, high profile Oilers, but yeah.
2: Can you say once upon a time that Tyler Ennis used to come into your blockbuster or something like that?
1: Yes, but he only would have been about 10 or something. I don't know how that came up, but uh, it was when he first came to Edmonton, because he joined the team on that road trip, and then they were at home, and I'd met Tyler before, right? Because he skates at the Perry Pern three-on-three, so I had interviewed him before, and I just kind of reintroduced myself, and then... I think I asked him something like, "Oh, you know, your parents coming to all the games or whatever." And then I, I don't know how it came up, but he said something about living in Collingwood, and I was like, "Oh, that's neat." I used to work at the Collingwood Blockbuster in like 1997. He's like, "Oh yeah, like that's we used to go there all the time." So yeah, I tweeted that about. oh, I probably collected late fees from Tyler Ennis's family at. Uh, so I think I think he would have been. How old? What year was he born? Was he born in '89? Uh, yeah, he was born in '89, so he would have been like seven, eight years old. Definitely coming to Blockbuster and picking out some kids' videos. Yeah, that was that was, that was neat. But a lot, of, but a lot of the NHL players, like you think McDavid knows what Blockbuster is? Probably not so much.
2: Well, you know what? I was thinking about Blockbuster a little while ago because I feel like kids now are being robbed of that. You know, just the memory of walking up and down the aisles and looking for a movie, and then you're like, oh, cool. Lion King. I heard you talking about the Lion King. Like, I'm going to rent the Lion. Oh, there's no copies. So I guess I'll wait until later. Now Netflix just ruins all that. Now there's no uh, there's no desperation to get down there and get a movie.
1: Yeah, that's it. You got to play with some. You got to rent with some urgency. You got to give 110 percent in the aisles.
2: Well, that's just it. And they also don't understand the stress of getting the late calls and saying if your video isn't here by six o'clock, you got like a twenty-eight dollar fee or something like that.
1: I remember once I called a guy cause we used to have to call people for, for late fees. And sometimes if a movie would get really late, you know, the manager on duty might take it over. And, and I was an assistant manager at a couple of stores and this guy's movie was like, like well over a week late. So the late fees are piling up. So, so I, I called this one guy and I was like, Hey, is this whoever? And he's like, yeah, I was like, Hey, you know, it's a blackbuster video. Uh, I, I just want to let you know, like your movie's 10 days overdue. And, and, uh, you know, like, uh, if, if you don't bring him back, like, we're going to have to send you to a collections agency. And he goes, I'm in the middle of my shift, and my wife just took the kids. I don't have time to talk to Blank and Blockbuster Video. And he hung up.
2: Unbelievable. <laughs> and now, uh, like, here we are 20 years of hindsight when Blockbuster turned down the opportunity to buy Netflix in September of 2000. So how times have changed, my friends, All right,
1: anyway, that was a fun tangent. Uh, How are you you feeling about the Oilers coming back? I mean, uh, like, I think the power play is going to be fine. I think the high-end guys are going to be fine. Uh, I'm kind of in the we'll see category about the PK and and the goaltending. What are you thinking?
2: First of all, as soon as I saw Connor, Leon, Nuge all hitting the ice last week just for practice, I got excited um yes it's going to be strange yes it's going to be weird but I'm pushing all that to decide I'm just excited to watch the Oilers play hockey against but to answer the question my biggest concern going into uh the play-in round against Chicago is goaltending not necessarily that I favor Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen one over the other it's just a matter of nobody and I'm talking about nobody has played with any real urgency in months now so that position is one where, you know, normally you get the preseason and a couple of October games to work the rust out, and then, then you're on your way. But this, the games mean something almost from the get-go. Like, they get one preseason game or something like that, whatever um, whatever yeah. the insiders are tweeting out. But I think that the goaltending on both sides is going to be the most interesting um is Dave Tippett going to go with a split in the playoffs as he's done all year or is he going to lean on a guy that he knows like Mike Smith he's got a little bit more playoff experience or is he going to go with Mikko Koskinen that was maybe a little bit more consistent during the season but I think goaltending is going to be the most interesting item to look at not just for the Oilers in Chicago but for all the play-in rounds and going further into the playoffs
1: Mag Milk joining us from OilersNation.com talking about the imminent return of the National Hockey League. Okay, you like you spend a lot of time on social media and blogging and all that kind of stuff. Can you sort of, uh, I guess it was about a week or so ago, one of the most hated Oilers opponents, I would say, of the last decade, Ryan Kessler, made some interesting comments about the NHL's return to play. Can you sort of outline what he said and maybe outline Oil Country's uh, reaction to Mr. Kessler?
2: Well, I've got so many thoughts on Ryan Kessler. So basically what he said is Edmonton was kind of, you know, Vegas had fallen off as a hub city and Vancouver was out as a hub city. So it, all roads were pointing to Edmonton, which if you're thinking about the overall safety of the players, it always, in my opinion, kind of made sense that Edmonton would be
0: one of the spots.
2: So Ryan Kessler takes a shot at Edmonton because he's doing what he can to prevent himself from disappearing under the rock of obscurity he knows that he can pick at Oilers fans and they're going to respond and he needs to do whatever he can to stay in the public consciousness now don't get me wrong ryan kessler was a fine NHLer, had himself a heck of a career nobody's going to argue that he got a selkie trophy in 2011 he was a great player however he wasn't so good that we're not going to forget his name so to me He is just doing whatever he can to try and get in people's awareness. And you can take shots at Edmonton, and that's fine anybody who's spent any time here especially in the read this the city's beautiful so mm-hmm. he's just doing this needlessly to troll basically what he is, is he's a 12 year old on hf boards trolling people and that's all he's doing and i i get it i had a laugh at him he uh even went so far as to say that calgary's the real alberta team and all here's the reality ryan nobody likes you in calgary either mm-hmm. so i laughed about it the thing that bothered me is that Oilers fans sometimes we so easily walk into these traps and that's what happened with him and he had a couple of days of fun with it but like I said he's trolling and that's all there is to it I didn't think too much about it because he's gone now. he's he's finished and even in those last couple of years in the NHL he didn't do a whole lot so it doesn't mean anything to be what Ryan Kessler says but it was funny good for him he was trolling at a master level which he's always done.
1: <laughs> yeah true bill just texted in once my nephew cracked grand theft auto two and a half when he was like three years old we kept getting calls from the video store but eventually just told the truth the game got smashed by a three-year-old and it's in the garbage they said thank you for your honesty and we never got charged <laughs> that's great that's it must not have been humanity. blockbuster blockbuster would have charged for the game I, I can assure you blockbuster would have charged for the game <laughs>
2: Blockbuster would have charged for the game, and they would have demanded the case come back.
1: Oh, yeah, you need the case. Those things are valuable.
2: Of course. One Rob time says, I got trouble with Blockbuster in St. Albert because I accidentally, just a clear little mistake, I returned the game but without the disc in it. Boy, were they upset. They thought I was trying to pull a fast one on them. But it was even a simple mistake. They were going to charge me like 50 bucks or something. But you know
1: what? You you know what, though? That was fairly common. I mean, it was VHS and, and, well, no, there were some discs. There was PlayStation and Sega Saturn, I want to say. Some people will remember that. But all the movies were VHS. It was amazing how often someone would return an empty case because they forgot to eject the movie. Right, or they had four movies and the most recent one they watched they left on the machine so you'd have to call and say hey I think you, I, 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 there's no movie in the box and usually they were just like oh yeah it's sitting right here I forgot to grab it but uh, putting and sometimes people would put their own movie in the case mm, right yeah. so, so they would accidentally give you a movie they owned instead of a Uh, a movie that they'd rented out. And no, everybody, uh, I have to remind people, Blockbuster did not rent naughty movies. We did not have that type of a section, so I didn't have to deal with any of those types of situations. Just to clarify, I feel like I always have to remind people of that.
2: Well, and I also feel like we need to remind people, especially the younger folks listening to you right now, that they don't understand the heartbreak of taking a VHS home that you just rented. You're super excited to watch Titanic, the two tapes, all three hours of it only to have to rewind both tapes because they were not kind nor did they rewind
1: that's the thing like the the, just the process of rewinding a (laughs) videotape like so many kids just don't understand well what did you do when you watched the movie well you had to take like three to five minutes to rewind it before you jumped into the next movie it's it was hard
2: it was really hard some people even had a separate machine that all it did was rewind yes. tape.
1: <laughs> we used to sell ones that looked like little cars, right? And the hood popped up, and that's where you slid in the tape, pushed it down, and that was the rewinder. They'll never understand, Reed.
2: They just won't understand.
1: Hey, Bag Milk, it's uh, awesome to have you on the show. How can people uh, check out your stuff and your website?
2: Weathersnation.com, well, we are writing every single day, seven days a week, 365. You can follow us on Twitter at Oilers Nation HQ. You can pick up some gear at nationgear.ca. And on Instagram, we're at nation, double underscore O-N. We've got some stuff going right now. And we're on Twitch. If that's your thing, if you're in the younger crowd, like to watch some streams, we're at official Oilers Nation on Twitch as well.
1: Oh, see, I am not on Twitch. That's too hip for me.
2: We got to be hip with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Bag milk.
1: Thank you for checking in. Enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, guys. That is a uh, wide-ranging, somewhat meandering conversation with my good friend, Bag Milk from BoilersNation, uh, .com. I, I, You know what? Look, everybody, I'm going to be honest here. I know I talk about Blockbuster Video too much, and uh, it, it really doesn't bother me if you laugh, Abby, because I'm kind of laughing at myself. So sometimes you just got to maybe grin and bear it or just send me a text and say, okay, buddy, that, that's enough all right thanks a lot for tuning in tonight so this is pretty cool Uh, who sent this in? I think it was Randy. Yeah, Randy from Lloyd Minster sent in a picture of his old videotape rewinder to the text line, seven eight zero four nine six is awesome. Appreciate that, Randy. Another texter says, do you remember Wilkie's Video Store across from Salisbury High School in Sherwood Park? Uh, I do not. I've never lived in Sherwood Park. I remember, guys, I didn't. Uh, I didn't grow up in Edmonton. I grew up in Evansburg. So I, I I don't have a memory of all the uh, Edmonton area landmarks that some of you might have, but I didn't. Did you know that Kellen? There was a Wilkie's video store. I guess I the name is taken. No,
0: I was uh, northeast Edmonton kid. So if it was in the northeast of Edmonton, then sure. But like all the suburb stuff, forget it. I can't remember.
1: I, <laughs> I think if I won an obscene amount of money or got a contract like Patrick Mahomes, I'd open a video store. That'd be like, cool. why not? Yeah, and like like I you know like low overhead. Get maybe five hundred tapes and DVDs, and if it, you know, if it nobody comes in, it doesn't matter. It's just a little project on the side because I'd be incredibly wealthy. It's just something to do. Yeah, and inside sports listeners could just come in and talk. Maybe I'd still do the show. Maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'd do a podcast about movies and sports. I don't know.
2: It'd be like Clerks.
1: well there'd be less profanity well actually there (laughs) probably wouldn't be uh greg says reed i spent a few years working in the kmart shoe department as a young man i would brag about blockbuster too sam g says reed i'm in your age group so you put me back in memory lane whenever you talk about blockbuster video uh daryl has sent in a picture of his pork chops daryl thank you for that Steven says, hi, Reed. excited to finally have a timeline for hockey. Are you, Rob, Jack, and Bob going to be able to be at the arena for games or are you going to do it remotely? And will you guys cover the exhibition games? Hope for a long Orthers run. Uh, Yes, we are. 630 Ched will continue to be the voice of the Orthers. That does not change. Uh, If there is an exhibition game, I, I certainly think we would carry it. I don't see why we wouldn't. We always carry exhibition games I do not anticipate that I will be in the arena probably for a long time. I think Rob and I would do our duties from the studio just like we do road games right now. Uh, With Jack and Bob, I I believe right now we're planning for them to come to 630 Ched and call the games off monitors in a separate room from where Rob and I would be. I I don't think that they're going to be allowed into the rinks. Now, we'll see. Like with a lot of this stuff, it could change in the next uh, day or two or a few days But we will broadcast the games. I don't know if any personnel uh, from Chet are going to be in the arenas. We we might be able to go cover some practices, but then we would still have to do all the interviews over Zoom and all that kind of stuff anyway. So it'll be a little different. We'll still have all the content. We'll still have all the stories and the audio. But... Uh, but it will, it will be different. But we have the games. I mean, that's I think that's the main question. 630 Chet has the games. We don't know the schedule. We know that it sounds like now July 30th for the start of the qualifying round. So thanks for that. Uh, this texter says, uh, nothing wrong with talking about what you did in the sp- past, especially Blockbuster. A lot of us can relate, kind of like Bob talking, but his tree planting. I did that for many years. All right. Good show, guys. Thanks for all your thoughts on uh, on the Eskimos. A lot of hockey talk as well. We're getting closer to an actual start to the season. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy's your studio producer this evening. My name is Reed. Bob has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'm back at 6 tomorrow night. Take care. Bye.